Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Bibles to the book of Judges, chapter 16, uh, verse 21, 22, Judges 16, 21, and 22. And as you're turning there in your Bibles, uh, there is something that I want to uh, say before I start the message here today that I would like for you, as I'm preaching the word, uh, it ties in with what we're going to do at the end of the service today, but I want you to be in prayer during this service Uh, that the Lord would speak to you, give you direction uh, of a day that you will commit to to, um, uh, fast one day in the week, food. I know uh, some, you know, some were able to do it all day, some may because of health issues. If you could do what you can, that would be a tremendous help. But we're going to make a commitment to the Lord. Now, we're going to pass some papers out at the end of the service. We are not going to put these on a bulletin board. We're not going to put it out to the congregation. We're going to give you a paper, and as we pray and ask God to speak to us about a day to fast, to make a commitment to the Lord, and also to pray at least 30 minutes every day uh, until the end of the year. And I realize it is a commitment between you and God. Not the rest of us, but it's between you and God. And uh, I know that sometimes we have to, and there is a flow of the Spirit. God is awakening us. God is helping us to flow in the Spirit. We're going to see more and more of these things happen as we continue to flow in prayer and fasting in the Spirit. But it's a commitment we make to the Lord, and we're going to do it to the best, let me say it, to the best of our abilities. And we're going to do the best we can in our commitment. So it's between you and God, and we're going to be in prayer during this message today uh, because we need everybody. We need everybody here, everybody that is not able to be here today, we need them too a part of the body of Christ, there are some things that God is moving in and doing, but we're going to take it to the next level in prayer and fasting. Amen. So whatever you can do for the Lord to make a commitment, it's between you and God, and uh, uh, we're going to do that at the end of the service. So be thinking about that, be praying about that. In the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 21 and 22, uh, I know... um, All of us have probably heard about Samson. Is there anybody here today that never heard about Samson? Never, never heard about Samson? Samson is the the character we're going to be preaching about today. But I've had this thought for several weeks, but the Lord just started opening up more things in this to me. And... Uh, it's starting to bring us into a point where, and at the outset of this, I realized that we're we're reaching out to the body of Christ, 
And we're reaching out also to those that are being used in the Spirit and also to those that have obstacles in your way that are keeping you from operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And what I'm saying here today is the Lord wants all of us, all of us, to be at that point where we can operate in the Spirit and to realize what God has done for us and realize uh, what God is doing in us too and where he wants us to be in the gifts of the Spirit. So in the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 21 through 22, but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. I want you to look at that. First of all, his eyes were put out. He was blind. Because of him relinquishing the power of his strength. And also, verse 22, Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. There's a very great significance to that scripture also. And I want to preach to you on this subject. I refuse to let blindness stop me. I refuse to let blindness stop me. I want you to say that. I refuse to let blindness stop me. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for it. God, we praise you again and thank you for your wonderful spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you for the miracles, God, that we have seen today and experienced today, the testimonies. And God, what you're going to continue to do, we're grateful. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We are living in an hour where God needs his church to operate in the fullness of what his plan is. We are living in an hour where the church needs to be who God's called us to be and not let hell uh, distract us and not let the powers of darkness overcome the power of light because really that when we let the light shine, darkness has no power to overcome light. Light always overcomes darkness. Amen. So today I'm, I'm preaching to all of us here today uh, you see, when you look at Samson's life, there are so many things there that he was a judge of Israel during the times that uh, there was no king in Israel, uh, but they had judges that would lead them and give prophetic word to them. And matter of fact, there's, there's a list of judges that, that uh, oversaw Israel during this time. And uh, there was one that uh, uh, named Deborah, and she was a she was a, uh, a judge over Israel. As a matter of fact, one of the military leaders wouldn't even go out into battle unless she went with them because uh, she was the, uh, she was the uh, representative of authority of, of God uh, over that area. So we find that, that uh, Samson was one of those judges too. Uh, Samuel was a, a judge also. But you see there was 
a time before the kings that they were overseers over this and led them by the word of the Lord. But Samson in his life had great opportunities to do great and marvelous things. Now, when you look at Samson's life, you could see that there was a lot of great things that he did, but, you're gonna, but, but it was through the power of God's Spirit. But you also can see that, that there was a lot of mistakes that he made. There was a lot of um, uh, struggle that he had and bad decisions that he made that brought forth a great struggle. He had great opportunities to do great things. But you see, um, in, in Samson's life, uh, his failures many times brought bondage, brought bondage even to himself. You see, I want to say that one of the, one of the biggest hindrances to a church body and the body of Christ even around the world and to individuals, I want to say it here that, the, that the, one of the greatest uh, struggles and hindrances is our past failures. Because we can't get away from them at times and we can't forget them and we can't forgive ourselves and it constantly beats on us and beats us down. That voice that continues to speak into our lives and it hinders us for flowing in the, in the spirit. But our past failures are some of the biggest hindrances to us moving forward in God. But uh, you can't get them out of your mind. You can't get them, uh, you can't forgive yourself. And condemnation, that word condemnation settles in and condemns you, condemns you. And the devil feeds on that. And he, he tries to continue to feed on that to make you feel like you're not worthy. And I know we all have, if I were to ask for a show of hands here today, who has ever failed in your life uh, would probably we all could probably raise our hand, no doubt that we all have failed in our life. But we also have to understand that the Lord forgives. It's not that we go and sin just because we know God's going to forgive us. We don't set it up like that, but there are times things hit us broadside and, and blindside us and we, we fall and we fail. But, you know, one of Samson's biggest problems in his life, even though he did some powerful things through the move of the Spirit of the Lord, one of the things that he had such a problem was, with was self. His self was his biggest enemy. And uh, because of that, it even says that in Judges chapter 14, verse 3, he even asked his father, I want you to go to the Philistines. I want this woman to be my wife. And and his dad said, you know, can't, can't you find someone that is not a part of the, the enemy or the Philistines that's in Israel? Can't you get your heart over here instead of over there? Uh, but, but the way, um, uh, the kind of the pattern that kind of speaks volumes about uh, Samson's problem was in Judges 14 and 3, uh, he said to his father, get her for me for she pleaseth me. He, he was overriding, uh, you know, the, the, uh, that she was a part of the enemy and that she didn't have the same interests that he had, uh, Samson, as far as Israel is concerned. But yet we do find later on that in the unusual ways of the way God goes about things, uh, it was the will of God, the Bible says it, it was the will of God for these things to happen for whatever purpose the Lord had a plan 
And uh, it, it's not that we, we use that as, as an excuse to, make, to cause sin or to fail God. It doesn't mean that we, we, we take that and say, oh, God said that, it, that it's okay. No, we still go by the word of the Lord. But you see, the Lord had a plan here. We don't understand it. His ways are far above our ways. But they went and got this woman, Philistine, and she became his, his, his wife. And, uh, but a lot of the things about Samson's struggle was his self. The, one of the biggest battles. Get her for me, for she pleaseth me. Not considering all of the baggage going to come along with this stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the not, to, you know, not... Uh, joining together with someone that, that is not of like thought and like thinking. So we, we see here also in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, uh, it even says, not a novice, talking, of course, to Timothy in this book, uh, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. You see, all of the ways of Samson, great opportunities that he had to do great things for God, but because of he was wanting to do things his own way in his own self, selfish ways, he fell into a very difficult place and a struggle. But yet we find that uh, in this struggle, he began to learn some things through this. I tell you what we, we fall into is condemnation. Condemnation can bog you down to a point where you can't get through it and you can't get past it. And, and, and this church today, Landmark, we're not willing to let anybody lag behind here. We are here because we need everybody on board. We need everybody in the presence of God. We need everybody walking in the ways of the Spirit. We need it. Amen. God needs this church. He needs every church that is, that is in the truth of the word of God. He needs, he needs the body of Christ. He needs us to operate in his spirit. He needs us to be led in the presence of the Lord. But I'm here to tell you today, we need to realize what God has done for us. We need to realize where God has brought us. We need to realize what God is doing right now. There is a move of the Spirit. To, amen. And hell is afraid today. You believe that? Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore, think about it, condemnation a lot of times beats us down and gets us to where we feel like that we're unworthy and we can't do anything for God. But condemnation, the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I'm telling you that condemnation is a big word that tries to beat us down, and the devil feeds on that and beats us up for past mistakes and past struggles and past heartaches and bad decisions and this and that and all of us have failed at some point or another but you, the thing about it is uh, we've got to realize that through the blindness I'm not going to let hell make sport of my life uh, I'm not going to let hell destroy me I'm not going to let it destroy the church we are the body of Christ and we're walking with the power of God amen but there is now more no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That's the key. To be in Christ Jesus. 
That's where we shed the condemnation. But Satan wants to throw it back on us. He wants to bring the past back up and beat us down and destroy us and make us feel like we're unworthy. You see, Samson went on and on after this, this event. He became wife. He came back to his wife. Uh, he was wanting to see her, and she was with child. And, and the father said, well, hey, you've been gone, so I gave her to your companion or your friend. I gave her to him, so, so he's... Uh, uh, he's her husband now. Why don't you take the younger sister? She, no, he was not in, in, in wanting to do that. So what he did, he just be, he went out and he began to burn the fields and burn the crop. And the Philistines said, "Well, what? Who did this?" And the, uh, they found out that it was Samson. And they went to the father, and and, and it was because uh, he gave uh, his wife away to his friend. Uh, so he was mad, and he began to destroy the. The, the fields and crops of, of uh, the Philistines. And then because of that, uh, the Philistines went and they burnt the house of the father and they, and they burnt, the, it's sad case, but they burnt the wife, the former wife of uh, uh, Samson and the son and the father and the family and the home and burn it all up. What a tragedy that was. So Samson went on his journey uh, all still considering self. He was upset. He was very upset. He destroyed many of the Philistines with the jawbone of an ass, the Bible says. Later he found uh, water in the, in the portion of that jawbone. You see, we find that, that Samson was, was very upset about the things that he had done. He had made some wrong decisions. He had made some wrong uh, choices in his life and it led in the wrong way. He had some failures in his life. He even found himself going to a, a woman named Delilah. The Bible says that she was a harlot and went to her and he put her, his trust and his, his heart was being lost with her and, and he found that he was deceived by Delilah. Delilah was not concerned and loved Samson. She was more concerned about the money that she was going to get by helping him Give away the secret to his power. Now the thing about Samson, a lot of times we've seen these Sunday school pictures that Samson was big and bulked up and he was tough. There's, there's writings and even thoughts here that, that, um, that Samson wasn't, uh, didn't look like a strong weightlifter. That he didn't look, he just looked like a normal man. He just had the power of God within him that brought forth the miraculous, the supernatural. He didn't have to be bulked up, muscles bulging, his suit coat tearing like Brother Austin's. He didn't have to have that. But matter of fact, one of the points that he wasn't big and bulked up was the fact that in the end, they had a little lad leading him. If he was big, bulked up, and had the strength to hurt somebody, why would they send a lad with him? He was just a common, ordinary man. It was the power of God in his life that made him what he was. And he got to the point where he began to put that aside and care about self. He found himself in the arms of Delilah. She didn't care about him. She didn't love him. She cared about herself. This is the way the world is. They don't care. They just want you to join in with them. Let's have a party together. We'll all go down together. I, if I'm going to live in ministry, uh, uh, misery, I want you to live in misery also. I was trying to say ministry, but that's not the case. Misery. 
If you're going to be in misery, I want, to, I want you to, if I'm going to be in misery, I want you to be in misery too. But Samson continued to find himself in a bad place. And he found himself being deceived by Delilah. And she asked him, what, where's the strength of your power? Evidently, he didn't trust her either because he told her some other thing. She did it and then said, the Philistines are on you. He rose up and it broke it. She asked him again, you, don't you love me? He said something else and, and uh, she did it and said, the Philistines are on you. And he got up and broke that. He evidently didn't trust her. And she was deceiving him. And when it ended up was Samson finally revealed the power source to the enemy. It was his hair. But really more than that, it was an oath and a commitment to God that he made to the Lord. So when you look at this, Samson revealed the source of his power to the enemy and they stripped it from him. His oath to God. And in Judges 16, 20 through 22, and she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He wist not that the Lord was departed from him because he lost his power. He gave away the source of his power and they stripped it. That's what the world, that's what the world wants to do to a child of God. It wants to strip us of the power of God that is working within our lives. But then that's where the condemnation comes on. Our commitment and relationship with God is where we get our power, source, strength from the Lord. You know what the Bible wants to do is the world, uh, really, when it comes down to it, the world wants to say to the child of God, you know, you, know uh, you, you look good stripped of power. You look good. You look good stripped of your power because we want to take advantage of you. We want you to in the, in the same situation we're in. The world wants you to, to think that we look good to them, so we must be okay. But the world wants to do this, and they like the way we look when we give up our power because they want to take advantage of your life. Hell loves when we surrender our power to God and our authority and our strength. The, the spirit of the world is the spirit of hell to lead us away from God so that we lose our power and authority. But in verse 21, it goes on, he, he was stripped of his power and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. In verse 21, but the Philistines took him since he was bound and had no power and they put his eyes out and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with the fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house. What a change of life from what he did have. The opportunities that he had. Now, he had an obstacle in front of him. He was bound by brass. He was grinding in the prison house. What a humbling experience for Samson. What a shame that came upon him. What confusion 
You know, he probably even thought, how in the world did I ever get here? Confused. But what does the blindness represent in the story of Samson when he was blinded? What does that represent? I tell you, to me, what it represents, and this is what I feel like the Lord was kind of showing me about this, is he was blinded, but it was results of past failures. Results of past failures brought blindness to him. It brought bad decisions to him. Bad decisions brought forth the results of blindness. Surrendering to self-desires brought the result of blindness. Deception of others. Speaking to him. Betrayed by those we thought loved us. Weakness and temptation. Fury of hell taking advantage of our mistakes. Condemnation and shame. with the words that keeps feeding our mind and brains that I will never be worth anything to God. Condemnation begins to pile on. And shame that I'll never be worth anything to God. And the voice just keeps speaking and speaking and speaking. I will never be what I used to be for God. I'm going to tell you something very straightforward. You won't be what you used to be in God. Because God doesn't want you to be what you used to be in God. Because God wants you to be greater than what you used to be. I'm here to release you. I'm here to tell you that God wants to do greater things in your life. Amen. We've come to a point where we get bogged down by the past failures and we get bogged down by condemnation and we get bogged down by the heartbeat and struggle and pain of life and the betrayal of other people that we thought would not betray us. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants to raise each and every one of us up. We're not going to leave anybody behind. Amen. We're walking in the Spirit. Miracles are happening right now. But we're not going to leave anybody behind. Hell is not going to sport us. Hell is not going to laugh mockingly at us. Amen. We're going to walk in God. And we're going to be used in the gifts of the Spirit because God wants greater things in your life. It is not all over, I'm telling you. It is not finished. God is with us. And blindness is not going to stop me. Of past condemnation and past failures. God wants to be great, wants it to be greater than it used to be. If we were so great before, why we end up in the position we were in? God wants us to learn through the struggle. He wants us to learn and grow through the struggle. Amen. Don't go backward, but go forward. Don't go back to what it used to be, but go forward. Awaken, amen, who we are. Amen. God has some things in our life that he wants to do. I'm talking about in each and every one of us. You can call your name, and your name has some great and marvelous miracles attached to it because God wants you you to be greater than what you used amen I want to raise you up I want to raise you out of the pit of struggle of condemnation amen to those that are in Christ Jesus there is therefore now no condemnation but the key is to be in Christ Jesus the key is to go to the Lord in prayer the key is to get a commitment to him amen a, a, a consecration to him we learn through our struggle and our failure Get up. 
Get up. We got to get up. God has a greater battle for you to win than you've ever won before. And you think, as the devil tells you, that you'll never be anything for God. I'm here to tell you he is a liar, and we're not going to leave anybody behind. Hell is not going to sport us. Amen. You know that Saul of Tarsus had a, had a blindness. He was on his way to, the, uh, to Damascus with letters in his hand to persecute the church. And all of a sudden, a blindness came down on him. And, and the Lord spoke to me about that. I told my wife about this. The Lord spoke to me something I've never seen before, never thought about it before, but he was blinded to himself. He was blinded to self. He was blinded to himself and to his own ways because he was wanting to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to get glory with the Sanhedrin. He wanted to get glory with the high priest. He wanted to climb the corporate ladder, so to speak, and give everything he could because it was all about self. But when God came along and blinded him, he was blinded to self. But when he opened his eyes, he opened his eyes to truth. He opened his eyes to Ananias. He opened his eyes to a prophet and a preacher that would show him the way. He opened his eyes to a man that was going to show him the truth. He, God even told him, Ananias, this is the man I want you to go speak to. And he had to reserve. But the Lord told him, he's looking for you. He wants you to tell him truth. So Paul was blinded in the midst of of only thinking about self, and he was blinded to himself. He was not a man that was always uh, uh, depending on other people. He was a man that was dependent upon himself to do the great things that he wanted to do. But when he was blinded, what happens to a blind person? They have to be led around. They have to be shown the way. They have to take, you have to take them by the hand and let them walk through the, the house so they don't run into things. You've got to lead them on the journey because they're blinded. They were blinded to himself and to his own ways. But his eyes were open to the truth that Ananias spoke to him and his life changed. He could have said, oh, that condemnation. No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold me back. I can't do anything because I've done so many terrible things. I've killed Christians. I've destroyed churches. I've, I've killed people. I've, I've been a terrible person. I've been a murderer. I've, and he could have allowed that condemnation to come upon him. But no, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And he made himself into, Christ, into that place of Christ Jesus. He gave his life to the Lord. Blinded to self. And opened his eyes to truth. When he heard the truth, his scales fell off. They fell off. I won't let blindness stop me. What is the blindness? The blindness is deception. The blindness is struggle. The blindness is heartache. The blindness is bad decisions. The blindness... And the results of blindness are all of these things just about self, 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 self. But here's the thing. I, as I was writing my notes down, the Lord just began to show me some things. Things might look different than what they used to look like. But remember Samson. He was blinded. His life changed. He was blinded to himself. He had to depend on others. 
to lead him to that place in the Lord. But remember Samson. Things like look different through blindness. Through cutting off our thinking that it's all about me and nobody else. But think about Samson when we read verse 22. How be it the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaved. Because that was his commitment. It was commitment to God. That's what brought the power. The commitment of a Nazarene vow. He gave it to the Lord. You know, a lot of times through our failures and our struggles and our condemnations and then the blindness comes, uh, we, we have a different view. Blindness to self and a new view of God because we become, if we allow it to, more dependent on God than ourselves. We have a new view of God, a new spirit upon us as we give ourselves totally to the Lord, more dependence upon God. I tried to do it my way, it became a failure, but maybe the Lord was trying to show him, Samson, you've got to get your eyes off yourself and get your, get your heart turned to me. Get your heart turned to me. Hmm. More dependence on God, and I've heard it said here today, even less of me and more of you, God. The Philistines wanted to parade their trophy, Samson, through his weakness before all this great. It says in the Bible that there were, about, there were above 3,000 people. There might have been more because that says 3,000 were on the roof of men and women. And I don't know what was down below, but there could have been a lot of people there. But it said oh, above 3,000 men and women on the roof. And they asked to bring Samson in, and I want, I want you to bring him in. We're going to make sport of him. We're going we're gonna to have some fun with Samson. He's our trophy. He, he's the one that tried to destroy us, but now he's weak and he's, he's bound. Why the Philistines didn't uh, continue to, to uh, take away the, the, the vow that he committed as Samson didn't see his hair, but he could feel it. He was feeling it that, hey, it's, things are coming back. Things are coming back around you know, it, it was a vow to the Lord, and it's coming back around why the Philistines didn't consider that. They made a grave mistake. <laughs> because I'm here to tell you today, hell is making a grave mistake because they're discounting your walk with God. We're not leaving anybody behind. Hell is not taking any of us. Because we're going to walk in the spirit of the Lord and we're going to get connected with God so that the condemnation can be thrown out so we can operate all of us together in apostolic ministry of, of the glory and power of the supernatural and the giftings of the spirit. I'm talking about every one of us here today. God is a great God that wants to see greater things come out of each and every one of our lives. In this hour, we are in the end time and we've got crazy things going on right now in our world. Thank God for the college that's having a revival. I rejoice in that because they're being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's going to lead and guide them in more truth. I'm telling you today what our world
world needs is a church in Mephalto that stands up and knows how to pray, knows how to get a hold of God, knows how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. I'm talking about every one of us, but some of us sometimes are back down coward in a corner. I'm not worthy of God. I'm not faithful enough to God. I'm not able. Amen. God, God doesn't trust me. God doesn't love me. God doesn't know I'm here to tell you. Wipe it away. Condemnation is no more as long as we're in Christ Jesus. Amen. But when you're blind, when you're in that blind state, it's less of you and more of God. More authority and strength because we're dependent upon God. We're learning a lesson through the struggle. We're going to be greater than what we were before. Philistines wanted to parade Samson into the, into the arena and and parade and show off their trophy of weakness. He was strong at one time, but show off the, the, the weakness uh, that they may make us sport, they said. You know what the word sport here means? To laugh mockingly and to play with Samson. The world wants to mock you and make fun of you because you've fallen on your face. They want you to lay in that condemnation because they walk in it. Hell wants you to lay in condemnation. That's the reason why the devil constantly accuses not the world, the brethren, the church. <laughs> he accuses the brethren. I'm sure you can include the sistren too, if that's how the word goes. But accuses all of us. <laughs> But they laugh. They wanted to laugh mockingly and play. Hell is the same way to you to keep you bound to where you can't operate in the flow of the Spirit the way God wants you to. I'm telling you, we need everybody on board. We need everybody in this work. We need everybody to do the work that the Lord is wanting us to do. Hell will not make sport of me. Hell will not make sport of our families, our church, our harvest of souls. The devil has tried to keep back our harvest. I proclaim victory over that right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God, cover our harvest of souls. He wants to attack our prayer life. He wants us to make us not feel worthy of worship and praise in the house of God. Our power and dominion in God. He wants to hold that back. He wants us to think that we cannot make a new oath to God. But God is saying, remember Samson. Amen. And his hair began to grow and his power began to come back into Samson where he had one last hurrah. His hair was a representation of the oath he made to God. And how do I put hell in its place once and for all? By getting a prayer life. By getting a fasting uh, schedule in my life. To pray and take back what's been taken from us. To fast and break the distractions in our lives through the flesh to praise and worship God till the walls of Jericho fall down in a miraculous miracle. I'm here to tell you today, there are miracles that God has set up. We've got to walk in it. We've got our opportunity right now. We cannot just get focused on self like Samson, but we've got to walk in the Spirit of the Lord. Blindness is not going to stop me. Blindness of the past and the struggle and the shame and the hurt and the pain and the betrayal is not going to stop me. 
Amen. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to fast. I'm going to continue to worship and praise God till the miracle comes. I'm going to realize the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And that is not a defensive. That is an offensive. We're moving through the gates. The gates of hell has a gate there trying to protect to keep what they have. But I'm telling you, the church is coming. Uh, amen. When we fast and pray, when we get a hold of God and realize who we are, amen, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We're going to take souls back. We're going to take the victory back. We're going to take everything that's been lost back and what the palmer worm have eaten we're going to be restored what the canker worm, worm has, has eaten and tried to destroy we're going to take it back <laughs> oh I feel God is wanting to do great and marvelous things right now not two years from now not three years from now right now through us that's his avenue that's his method it's through the church. We've got to throw this condemnation out. We've got to get connected with God. That's how it gets thrown out. We've got to get a hold of God. God needs you. God needs you to pray for the sick out in the storefronts and out of the streets and pray for them and they be healed and miracles come forth. God wants you to operate in His Spirit. He wants you to pray people through to the Holy Ghost out on the street corner or in their home. He wants you to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. He wants you to be used. But we're finished with hell making sport of our failures, making fun of us, mocking us. We're finished. Satan is the accuser of the brethren, but it's finished. He'll keep trying it, but we're conditioned now to know what a lie is. <laughs> Amen. And those that might feel unworthy of being used of God, get close to God, and that condemnation is going to flee away. But also, we as a church need to allow them to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We can't keep bringing condemnation back upon them and beating them up. we got to believe that God has this. God is working in this. God is doing a great miracle. Amen. I'm talking to His church. The world and hell has sported with the church because they know we have backed up and felt unworthy to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But hell needs to take notice. The gates of hell can't stop us. As we pray, as we fast, as we worship, as we commit, as we walk in Him, as we get caught away in the power of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, amen, hell has to give in and give up. It'll try. It'll keep trying. But we're finished. And we're realizing who we are. Just like the flow of the Spirit here today, when we begin to pray for the sick and God begin to heal, there's still some more testimonies that are going to be given of what God did in this service today. But when the flow and stirring of the water began to flow, we jumped in. That's what it's all about. Church, when there is a flow of the Spirit minister preaching and there is a flow of the Spirit or someone teaching or maybe we don't even have preaching or teaching. And the flow of the Spirit begins to move. Jump in. <laughs> Jump in. Get wet in the power of God's Spirit. There's no telling what God's going to give you. But landmark, we're finished with hell's words of accusations and deceptions. 
We need to rise up and tell hell, I refuse to let blindness stop me. The blindness of past decisions, the blindness of struggle, the blindness of defeat. I proclaim, proclaim today. Oh, over here. Benjamin, come. And in the last few verses I want to read here, this is what God is wanting for your life and my life. Everyone in this building today. And those that are not able to be here today. Landmark. Judges 16, 25. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry, that's the Philistines, that they said, call for Samson that we may make a sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house and he made them sport. I don't know exactly what he did. I probably just stood there and they realized he was all bound up, had a little lad leading him around. That was enough for them to laugh and mock and make fun of him. They probably had a really good time doing that. The one that burned up our crops, the one that, that killed uh, uh, many Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. They had a fun time with it. The world thinks they have so much fun with the church. The, the hell thinks they have so much fun with the church with the mocking and the, but they realize if we get a hold of God and become blind to the old things, the old mistakes, the old struggle, blindness is not going to stop you. Condemnation is not going to stop you. And they went on, it says, uh, it says they want to make sport. Make a sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house and made him them sport. And they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars, whereupon the house standeth that I may lean upon them. He was dependent upon a little lad. But he was most important. Most important, he was dependent on God at this point. And the house was full of men and women and all the lords of the Philistines were there and there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And in verse 28, and Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and the other with his left, and Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. And listen to what the very last portion of this verse says. This is where God wants us. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. 
doesn't sound like someone that God is not going to use. But when he, in his blindness, when he turned his eyes toward the Lord, he had no distractions. He couldn't see anything. And when he turned his mind eye to the Lord, he trusted in God. And God came through with the greatest victory that he ever was a part of in his whole life. I want to take away the obstacle that is in front of you that is telling you you can't be anything for God. It's a lie. I'm taking it away today, but it requires some commitment on your part. All of us. It requires us committing to the Lord and making an oath to the Lord. Yeah, we might fall flat on our face at times, but I'm going to get back up. Darkness, blindness is not going to destroy me. Hell is not going to sport me, make fun of me. I'm going to make fun of hell. It's not going to stop me. As we stand here today, God is wanting to raise up this church in a way we've never seen before. And it, re it requires every last one of us. Every last one of us. We're a part of the body of Christ. We are victorious in the Lord. Amen. We need to get as close to God as we can because God is calling us to that place of great and final victories greater than we've ever seen before. I've seen some powerful miracles. I've experienced some powerful miracles in God, but we haven't seen anything yet. And I don't want this to just be a sermon. I want this to be a commitment to the Lord that some things only come but by prayer and fasting. We can't do it on our own power and talents. We've got, in our, in our blindness, we've got to turn to the Lord because we've got to be dependent on Him. The distractions have begun have to be moved away. You've got to depend on Him. It's in Him that we find the supernatural and the miracles and the wonders of the Lord. I'd like us to go to the Lord in prayer today. Amen. I'd like for us to commit our hearts to Him. If you want to come to this altar, that's fine. If you want to do it in your pew, that's fine. What God is calling is He's calling each and every one of us to a place of commitment, a place of sacrifice, a place of victory, a place of being more than a conqueror. <laughs> In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, God. Lord, I put